It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine, expert of narcissistic abuse. Uh, today, I'm going to focus on our narcissist human. That's a big headline. Um, and I'm going to explain a lot of things about them, which... You can draw your own conclusion, but um, first I wanted to mention there is a trauma release uh, method that I use. It's called neurobilateral processing, and it's a lot different than talking therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, So when you have a traumatic experience, it's often not stored in the cognitive part of the brain. And because of that, you may have flashes of images from time to time. Details are not in the conscious part of the brain. Although some people can get into a great deal of what happened in this process, as I work with you, you don't need to do that because I don't want the descriptions to traumatize you. But because these memories are in the deeper parts of the brain, most likely stuck in the right side of the brain, they have not been resolved. To resolve, we need to have the involvement of both the right and left side of the brain. So the left side of the brain is the chief executive brain, and it's responsible for planning and problem solving and analytical, rational, conceptual thinking. The right brain is the survival brain. It is responsible for instinctive survival responses and emotional and sensory memories. In order to integrate the right and left brain functioning, we stimulate the left and right sides of the nervous system by tapping. And because all emotions are forms of energy, they can often accumulate in our body. To get our negative emotions out, I use yogic breath work to expel out the negative emotions and sensations of the cell memories. Neurobilateral processing uh, sounds like a big word and a big, big deal, but you know, it's really very gentle and very easy and it works amazingly well. So if you are having uh, problems with flashbacks and it, it keeps re-traumatizing you or there's a trauma that you would like to release the emotional component of, it doesn't take away the memory, but it takes away the traumatic feeling, the emotions that are associated with it. So um, if you are experiencing some flashbacks or have some very, very bad memories, what this does is we work on one memory at a time and we relieve that and it's a cumulative effect. So each time we do it, it's going to make you better and better. So if you're having PTSD symptoms, complex PTSD symptoms, as we do this, it will begin to alleviate it to the point where it will go away. 
So this is very, very, um, very effective, very effective in getting rid of those memories. If you are interested in learning more about it, you can go to my website, randyfine.com, go to executive services, and then go to the neurobilateral um, processing page. You can, uh, you can schedule a discovery call with me. So <clears throat> it doesn't have to cost you anything up front. And we'll talk about what your situation is, and I'll let you know if I think it's good for you. So, you, again, you can go to randyfine.com, go to expert services, and go to the neurobilateral processing page and schedule a discovery call with me. It won't cost you anything, and it just may really change your life. So, anyway, so today I want to talk about, as I said, our narcissist human. So, let me tell you a little bit about narcissism. So, an individual who has healthy adult narcissism has a sense of personal responsibility, a sense of humor, a sense of selflessness, empathy, and they have the capacity for developing and maintaining satisfying intimate relationships. Some adults have narcissistic personalities, but not a personality disorder. These people may be seen as arrogant, self-focused, and overconfident, but they don't have the same exaggerated or grandiose self-view possessed by somebody with NPD. Many people can pick up narcissistic traits, and we're living in a society now where many people are very narcissistic, but it doesn't mean that they have narcissistic personality disorder. What separates someone with narcissistic traits from someone that has narcissistic personality disorder is how they deal with confrontation. Because those who have narcissistic traits without the disorder, they don't have the extreme defensive reactions those who have the disorder have when they're called on it. And Unlike those with NPD, once these people become aware that their behavior is undesirable, they are likely to change it, and at the very least, will have the willingness and ability to change it. They are capable of accepting the fact that others find their behavior objectionable. And if you know a narcissist or have been uh, traumatized or abused by a narcissist, um, you're going to understand that. <clears throat> Anytime you challenge a narcissist, no matter how mild what you say, no matter how you phrase it, no matter how, how careful you are not to trigger them, you're going to trigger them. Because unless you're saying you're perfect, I accept everything you say at face value, <clears throat> they're going to rage. And rage may be loud and scary, or it can be passive-aggressive, where the person withdraws and doesn't talk to you. It could be for days, weeks, months, you know. They're trying to punish you. And what they do when, they, when they're withdrawing from you is they're waiting for you to grovel. They want you to go and apologize. And it's, you know it's something you never did, but you can't, cannot stand the silent treatment. So you go and apologize, and you make everything nice, nice. Um, 
the exact cause of narcissistic personality disorder has not been fully discovered. There are theories that suggest that it's rooted in childhood abuse or neglect or trauma during the formative years or inflicted upon by parents or authority figures or peers. Um, In my opinion, it's a combination of both. I believe that the person has a genetic predisposition and then their particular personality is what causes them to take on this personality disorder. Adolescents who have suffered unrelenting bullying and mockery by their peers and their role models, parents, teachers, may turn to fantasizing about their own power and importance to satisfy their unmet needs. These cases represent an emotionally unhealthy response to dealing with victimization. The same may happen to adolescents who feel deprived, unappreciated, or hopeless about their future. And when I say um, an unhealthy response to dealing with victimization, I'm talking about a coping mechanism on steroids. I'm talking about a coping mechanism that is so maladaptive, but once they take it on, they take it on for life. Um, Another thing that can cause NPD to form is children may feel guilty or insecure or shameful for growing up in economic poverty, or they might have some type of social stigma or they may need, this may cause them to feel the need to self-aggrandize. These children may develop narcissistic defenses as a form of protection or emotional self-gratification. So in both cases, the abused essentially becomes the abuser. They refuse to be hurt any longer, and they go into attack mode, and they become a perpetrator. This, again, is a maladaptive defense mechanism used to deflect the pain away from the child's damaged true self. This can also happen to children who are overindulged, pampered, smothered by their parents, and who never develop self-confidence and inner fortitude. These kids are also prone to developing the false sense of entitlement and grandiosity of NPD. And one more thing uh, that can cause this is children whose parents place unrealistic expectations on them, and they set these kids up for constant failure, which may lead them to develop this disorder as a way to self-reward their efforts since no one else is rewarding it. This disorder even though the signs and symptoms and patterns may appear earlier, it's not typically diagnosed in children under the age of 18 because under, that, under 18, the child's personality and character is still forming. Narcissists, now let's talk about, let's move out of the childhood. Narcissists, feel no more love for their family and any other close relationships than they do for strangers. Everyone is the same. They may use the word love to express their feelings, 
and may at times demonstrate appropriate loving behavior, but it's a ruse. They are emotionally unequipped to love anyone. They don't even love themselves. No matter the relationship you are in with a narcissist, you are only as important as what you can provide for him or her in the moment. That is a very sad truth, but I cannot emphasize, emphasize it enough. And uh, if you're coming out of a long relationship or uh, this is, you know, you've been abused by a family member and you thought that your family loved you, your parents loved you, your spouse loved you, the truth of the matter is they are completely incapable of loving. And I'll explain why. He would think that with all their perceived power and specialness, that they have a very high self-esteem and that they have great self-love. But that's not true. Their true selves have poorly defined senses of self, frequent episodes of self-loathing, and constant feelings of inadequacy. No one ever gets to see the true self. But the true self is constantly telling them that they're unlovable, inferior, worthless, ugly, powerless. And feeling that way about themselves is unbearable. So they disown that part and replace it with a facade they are proud to show the world. And that facade is known as false self. You may have heard of the false self. The false self is a strong and impenetrable suit of armor. Its job is to absorb all the pain of the narcissist's um, past, the hurt, the fragility, and all perceived attacks from the outside world. And, I, and the, the word perceived is very important because though people may not be attacking them, as I said before, if you are not agreeing with them, it's a perceived attack. The false self keeps the true self from excruciating self-examination and from introspection because their introspection would make them feel unlovable, inferior, worthless, ugly, and powerless. And the false self's job is to keep the true self from facing terrifying fears that he or she may may be less than perfect. And you know, if anyone tries to expose the narcissist for who he or she really is, the false self is what lashes out with a rage so terrifying you never want to cross that person again. The false self is everything the true self isn't. It's grandiose, superior, entitled. It tells the person with narcissistic personality disorder that everyone likes him or her, everyone envies him, everyone wants to be like her. And because of his superiority, the rules that apply to others do not apply to her. The narcissist grandly overestimates the effect that he has on others. Cues are misread and misconstrued. She believes she is the center of attention. Everyone adores her wherever she goes. Afterwards, 
he shamelessly boasts about the experience. Now, overt narcissists, the ones that are obvious, will tell anyone who will listen. But covert narcissists, who are extremely careful with the image they portray to others, they will say those things only to those who are already under their control because they don't want to reveal themselves. They're very careful. Narcissists don't have one specific personality. They have no self-identity. So no specific personality, no self-identity. They create different personas and disguises for each target. Narcissists are consummate actors, Academy Award-winning, potentially Academy Award-winning actors. And they have this gift of being able to pick up on social cues and play whatever role is needed to solicit what they want. And that role could be something that you find near and dear to you because that could be the role of a mother, the role of a father, the role of a spouse, the role of a partner, the role of a boss. But you see, narcissists are none of those things. A narcissist is a narcissist is a narcissist. The false self takes on roles that get it, get the narcissist what it needs. <clears throat> so every, in every interaction you have with somebody with NPD, uh, blah, blah, NPD um, <clears throat> you are not dealing with a human. You're dealing with a false self. So as I said earlier, the false, the true self is this little cowering child who has denied the reality forever. Once they take on the false self, that is it for the rest of their life, which is why narcissists cannot get better because you're not dealing with an authentic person. You're dealing with a facade. But this facade is so believable that you think you're dealing with a person and it really does a number on your head. And even as I say it, it still doesn't make sense. But I can tell you that nothing about narcissistic abuse makes sense because their brains are not wired the way ours are. They have these amazing abilities to be able to morph into a personality in a split second. They can look at you and be one person and look at someone else and be another that quickly. And you wonder, well, why are they so nice to the public and they're so mean to me? That's because you are captive supply. If you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you are captive narcissistic supply. I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute. Um, <clears throat> So the persona that the public sees is usually lovable, gracious, charming, helpful, generous, sensitive, lighthearted, engaging. You see, the narcissist has to be public, publicly visible. 
and captivating in order to replenish her desperately needed supply of praise, flattery, and adulation. No matter how immobile or sick she is, she cannot stay home. There's not enough supply there. Hold on. I'm going to clear my throat. Wait one second. Okay. Didn't want to do that in your ear. Um, so they're going out in public, and the persona that they're using in public is very different from the one they use behind closed doors with loved ones, whether that be family or relationships. Narcissists need people because they feed on them, but they don't really like them. They are like vampires or parasitic insects. They cannot survive without a host. And their need for a constant influx of compliments and attention can be likened to a drug addict needing their drug. As long as they have their fix, they're satisfied. But it never lasts for very long, and it's never enough. And one source of supply is never enough. They have to have at least one backup at all times. And when I say that, I mean, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you are not the one and only. You can't be the one and only because they have to have. And someone who is not under their spell is giving them tons of supply. And, it, and they feel really good and they love it. And you, you know, you're old supply. So they're going to take it because they need it. But they want that feeling of new supply, which ultimately turns to old supply because it doesn't last for very long. Narcissists feed on attention of any kind. It doesn't matter if it's negative or positive, but they prefer a diet of admiration, adulation, and approval. So the wider their social range, their social connections, the more insurance they have of getting their supplies. For that reason, they, many of them have a sizable circle of acquaintances, but they have no true friends. They keep an emotional distance from each of their so-called friends, even if they are a best friend, because they fear vulnerability. Anyone who tries to get too close is going to be rejected. Their true selves have nothing to give, so they resent any perceived demand, perceived demands being put on them. I think we have a caller. Good morning. This is Randy. Hi, welcome. Did did you have a question for me or you wanted to share something? Oh, I was just, uh, I was just listening that, you know, about people that have issues with, um, with, uh, I guess you would say uh, false sense of self. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, And are you experiencing that with someone? Yeah, I do it. I, I have experienced it with several people. <laughs> several people. It's not just one. Okay, and, and that's that's yeah. the pattern is usually if if it usually starts in childhood and then um, it it goes on um, to destroy your adult relationships. You don't have the the right judgment to pick healthy right. people. 
So it's very, very common. Would you like me to put you back on hold so you can continue to listen, or did you want to sh- um, ask yeah. me something? Okay. I'll put no, I'll, listen. I'll listen. Okay, thanks. All right. Okay. Um, so narcissists are unwilling to recognize anyone else's thoughts or feelings perceptions and their needs they will not recognize your needs especially those that conflict with theirs cause the opinions and successes and problems of others are considered useless and boring they turn they tune people out or rudely cut them off they are highly critical and judgmental of others Narcissists believe they are superior human beings and they feel justified in making snide or degrading comments to or about everyone else. They are heartless, self-righteous gossips. They put everyone down, even those they refer to as close friends. People are categorized as being all good or all bad. Narcissists cannot accept people for who they are only for what they can offer. If the other person is flattering or kissing up to the narcissist, no matter how moral or immoral immoral the person is in every other way, that person is deemed good. If the person does not, he or she is deemed bad. And those labels can shift. There is no consistency. Um, I think we have another caller, so let me... Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning. Can you hear me? Are you a new caller? Good morning. Okay. 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 Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. You have a question for me? No, I got a statement for you. Can you hear me? I can hear it. All right. Okay, good. If you were one of the ordinary talk show hosts on Blog Talk Radio, I wouldn't even waste my time. But I did call in a couple of times before. And I want to let you know that uh, as an uncertified, unlicensed so-called health provider, you've got a lot to learn about conflict resolution. If somebody disagrees with you, you don't hang up on them, which is what you did with me. Oh, I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't. I did not mean to do that. I just was flipping back on my cue. Sometimes when I click on it, it's on my computer. It's on the dashboard, and I have to click on it. I'm not hanging up a phone. I'm clicking on an icon, and so it didn't work. I did it again, and it worked. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about I. Maybe you didn't hear me when I was talking to you a few seconds ago. I had called into the show. Mm-hmm. Once or twice before, mm-hmm. and I said that if you were one of the just the ordinary talk show hosts, I wouldn't waste my time calling back in again if you disagreed with me because they like to hang up on people. But oh. you're an unlicensed, uncertified uh-huh. relationships counselor. Absolutely. No, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm not a counselor. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. The thing is, you have a lot to learn about conflict resolution. 
Okay, when somebody listen, disagrees with you, I'm not talking today. You do not hang up on them. Today, it's not that you're disagreeing. You're not with listening. Me. You have a lousy skill set when it comes. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going. I don't need to be berated by somebody who's just angry. Person has called in before, and um, I've been accused of many different things. So we're not just we're not going to go there. If he thinks I'm hanging up, that's fine. And if he ever calls, actually, I'm going to record that number because if he ever calls back, I will not be opening up that line. Um, okay. So let's get back to what I was talking about. Because if you're listening, you're listening because you want to learn. And understand that a narcissist has no self-identity. They have no personality. So let's just talk about um, a dating relationship. When you meet someone that is that has narcissistic personality disorder and they are trying to capture you, take you emotional hostage, what they do is they mirror you. So they ask you a lot of questions. You tell them who you are, what you like, and they mirror you. They become all the things that you are in a sense. So you like a particular kind of music. They become that kind of music. They, I mean, they, just, they tell you they love that kind of music. You say you love antiquing. They love antiquing. You like horror movies. They love horror movies. I mean, and, and you go, oh, my gosh, we're like matched perfectly. But you have to understand that what they're doing during that time is creating a persona that is not only comfortable for you, but so desirable for you because it feels it's like you. Everything. You've never met anybody that matched you so well. And you think to yourself, at last, I found my soulmate. But understand that they are creating a persona based on you, based on the information that you give. So your relationship with a narcissist, if, you, if that breaks up or, or you get divorced or whatever, and they get into another relationship, they will not be the same person. They will be, they will be abusive because that is their nature but they won't be exactly like they were with you. And so there is no person there. So are narcissists human? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. There is a human aspect to them, and that is the true self. But the true self is a self-loathing, cowardly little child who is just hiding way, 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 way underneath layers of protection. And you never experience that child. So this is not a real person that you're dealing with. And I know that's very difficult to understand. They don't have any of the feelings that a real person has. Nothing is real. The only emotion they have is anger. That's it. And the anger is because they have been told that they're not perfect in however you, sh- you say it. They may show emotion, but so do actors on the screen. 
They may cry, but so do actors in movies, in films. They may say the right thing, but so do actors in films and movies. And the narcissist has the advantage of from 18 years and up watching people and learning what they're supposed to do. So everything a narcissist does, or I should say nothing a narcissist does, comes from a natural instinct. The only natural instinct they have is to abuse. They have no more human quality than a tick or a flea or a leech or a vampire. No more human quality than that. Their entire life, from morning till night, is in pursuit of narcissistic supply. Now, let me explain to you why they need this. So narcissistic supply, as I said before, is adoration, adulation, and attention. This is a thing, not a real person. It is unable to feel happiness, unable to feel, period, except anger. And so it has to learn ways to do this. But since it doesn't have those natural abilities, it has to get them all externally. And attention to a narcissist can be positive or it could be a reaction. It could be negative. It doesn't matter if you're cussing them out or telling them how wonderful they are. It feels exactly the same to them. Because what, you're, what they're getting from you is emotion. They're sucking emotion from you. So they will push your buttons to get you to react. And then you react or you have a meltdown or whatever it is. They're happy. And then they accuse you of being crazy. But you see, every time you've melted down, it's because you have been goaded into it. You've been pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where you can't take it anymore because you can't handle this kind of abuse. The, the, you know, it's, it's never-ending hoops that you're change, jumping through. It's, it's nothing is consistent. You're never right. Everything is blamed on you. And it gets to a point, a boiling point, where you react. And they want that from you. Because this is narcissistic supply and the false self cannot feel. So the false self needs to push your buttons until they can solicit emotion from you. And this is why the term gray rock, gray rock is often used because, um, let me just take a sip of water here. Because gray rocking means to give no emotion to a narcissist. Not no response. Nothing hurts a narcissist worse than getting no response from you because you are starving the narcissist, completely starving them. They can't breathe without it. They are so terrified of going back to that self-loathing place that they will do anything to solicit supply. So if you are being constantly abused, it's because 
and you can't possibly know this because everything about narcissistic personality disorder and the abuse is counterintuitive. You can't know this because when somebody does something mean to you or uncomfortable or, you know, they put you down, whatever it is, you want to defend yourself and you want to stand up for yourself and you want to say, why? I'm so good to you. Why? Why would you say these things to me? Why? Bingo. Narcissistic supply. Because they've done something and you're reacting. How do you not react? Well, it's not easy. It's something that you have to practice. And it's not something that you can do long term. So there's limited contact and there's no contact. I never recommend you go no contact before you try limited contact. Never. Because you're going to feel very guilty about what you've done. And you're going to go back. Or if you don't, you're going to eat yourself up alive with guilt. Because you're going to think, I never told them what was wrong. And now I just disappear on them. And they're saying to you, you know, you just disappear. Where are you? What's wrong with you? I've even had people had welfare checks done at their homes because they can't stand the fact that the person denied them of their supply. Um, Let's see if this caller wants to ask me a question. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Hi, good morning. Is this? Yes. Wait, are we live right now? We are live. Do you have a question for me? I am so sorry. Um, no, I actually don't. I was looking to just talk to someone else um, for a fine time for healing, but don't worry. Okay, so I'm Randy Fine. I'm the host, and this is my oh, show. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. Is that what you – did you want to talk to me? Yes, I did want to talk to you, actually. I wasn't sure if this is the right person. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm doing this well. This should probably – yeah, um, I was, what I want to ask you, uh, I think, should be done when you're not live on radio. So I'll give you a call when you're not live. When do you okay. guys get off there? So, so what you need to do is go to my website, randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. Go to yeah. Expert Services, and you can schedule a free consultation with me. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I was really just calling okay. you to see if you'd be interested in a guest I have. But oh, okay, yeah. I don't. I don't know. You'll have to. You'll have to um, send me a message through email. My email is loveyourlife at randyfine.com. I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Um, if anybody would like to call in and ask a question, the number is four two four two two zero one eight zero one. Four two four two two zero one eight zero one. I welcome your calls. Um, and I'll be here. The show is, it runs for an hour. So right now we're 40 min- minutes into the hour. We have about 20 minutes left. Okay. Um, so let me see, where was I? I'm talking about um, how they have no emotion and they feed on the mo- emotion of others. I was talking about gray rocking. So I had started to talk about that. And I was talking about limited contact versus no contact at all. 
Okay. When you go no contact without a process of getting there, you're going to feel very guilty because you're going to think that you did not explain yourself when in fact you have spent years explaining yourself. You don't really need to explain yourself, but it's our, you know, we're normal. So it's only natural that you're going to feel like, well, what are they thinking? Are they hurting? You know, is my withdrawal from their life, you know, going to destroy them? And you go through all kinds of things. So the first thing to do is limited contact. And the limited contact is where you learn tactics to be able to diffuse them. And the way to diffuse them is to give them no emotion, no reaction, nothing. No rolling of the eyes, no body language, no nothing. You can answer their questions, but you answer them with things like, oh, okay. Or thank you for letting me know. Consideration. Or let me think about it. But you never give a true answer. And when you use, when you use these kinds of answers, there's nowhere for the narcissist to go. It stops them in their tracks. And then you walk away. And if they continue to harass you, you continue giving them nothing. What typically happens is when you cut off supply from a narcissist, it's like cutting off a drug from an addict. They go crazy because they're going through withdrawal. And so what they do is they ramp up the abuse. They're going to get even worse, even louder, even more abusive. If you hold to your gray rocking, if you stop, continue to give them nothing, that will pass very quickly, and then they'll get softer. So it's interesting if you want to play around with this. It works. It really does because they only do, they only rage because it gets them a reaction. And if they're not getting it, they're going to stop raging, and then they're going to try to con you through kindness or something like that, or another tactic that they're going to use. But they have many different tactics. So people say to me, well, you know, as soon as I do this, it gets worse. Yes, it's going to get worse. But if you ride it out, it will not last. It can't last because they're not getting what they're intending on getting. They're not soliciting this emotion and reaction from you. But you can only do this kind of behavior which is not natural because you're shutting yourself down you can only do this for so long what it does is it buys you time it gets you time to work with a coach or counselor Um, it gives you time to um, learn more about this and when you're ready to make a decision that you just don't want to do this anymore it's best to have somebody support you through this Because as I said, even if you do the limited contact, when you go no contact, you think in terms of a human. You think in terms, well, if somebody cut me off, how would I feel? You put yourself in the shoes of the narcissist. Narcissists do not hurt. They do not suffer. The only thing 
that makes them suffer is in the moment if they're not getting supply. But I talked about earlier in the show, they always have a backup. You are not the only one. So when you stop giving it to them, they get it elsewhere. Narcissists who get into romantic relationships or marriage, they know there's an exit date. They don't necessarily know what it is, but they know it will not last forever. Because it can't last forever. Either you're going to catch on to them and leave, or they're going to get so oversaturated with your supply that it doesn't even mean anything anymore, and then they're going to throw you away and get some fresh new supply. So at some point, it's going to end, and they know that. They marry you knowing it's not forever. But they're not going to tell you that, because if they tell you that, they cannot get captive a captive hostage hostage to emotionally feed on so all of this and i hope i'm making this clear all of this is just a false self who is trying to protect the true self at any cost and will do anything to keep that facade up anything it will morph into personalities and personas nanosecond, and then morph back. We can't do this, so we question it. How could this be? Well, you know, this, is, this was a little child. This child is hidden away. It's nowhere to be found. <clears throat> and it has not progressed in its life. It has not grown. It has not matured. It's just a cowering child under there so the false self may be 50 or 60 years old but it's not really 50 or 60 years old it's 50 or 60 years old of learning how to act like a human that's a long time imagine studying something in school for all those years you'd be so proficient at it it wouldn't it would be second nature to you so it is second nature to the narcissist. Now, if you listen to them throughout time, they will tell you who they are. And you will hear something that sounds so outrageous that you think they're kidding. You think they're, they're putting themselves down, go right over your head. But if you listen, they're going to tell you who they are. I can't love. I have a hard time loving. They say that. And then you think to yourself, well, I'm going to make you love. I'm going to love you so much that you're going to know how to love. That would be the response of a normal person. I'm not going to accept that you cannot love. Who cannot love? Well, the narcissist cannot love because the narcissist is not human. It is physically human. But you could just as easily be dealing with a virtual person, a virtual boyfriend, a virtual girlfriend, a virtual mother or father or family who is only programmed to respond a certain way and to do certain things. But there's nothing beyond that. There's no emotion. There's no feeling. That's what the narcissistic personality disorder individual is like a virtual person. There's nothing there. 
They don't care. They don't love. They really don't care. And I have a colleague who, um, she knows someone who used to date a friend of hers many, many, many years ago. And he's a self-proclaimed narcissist. So a couple of weeks ago, over the course of seven days, she interviewed him. I mean, yeah, no, it was three days over the course of seven hours, okay? She interviewed him. And she was asking him questions. If this happens, do you care? And everything was no, or why should I? Um, Did you love any of the women you were with? No. They think you love them? I don't know. Well, why did you keep them in a relationship for so long? They could have left. It was so deadpan. And no matter what she asked him, it got worse and worse and worse to the point where after the the seventh hour, I got a text from her. She said, Randy, I cannot eat. I'm so sick to my stomach. Because she, she deals with people who have been abused with narcissists, but she had no idea how empty they are, how little they care about anything. They do not care. And so when you're leaving a narcissist, they will tell you that you're hurting them. They will ask you to, to, to get counseling with them. They'll ask you to try to make it work. Why? Not because they love you and they want to save the relationship, but because they don't want to lose their supply. That's all you are. So narcissists, in order to be able to do what they do, they have to objectify and dehumanize every person they meet. What that means is they're not looking at you as you. They don't know who you are inside. They don't care who you are inside. You have been reduced to an object like a pawn on a chessboard that they move around, like a puppet that they're maneuvering. You are two-dimensional. You are not three-dimensional to a narcissist. You are two-dimensional in the way that they perceive you. They see that you're three-dimensional, but they perceive you as being a two-dimensional object that they can do what they want with. Are they human? I don't think so. Humans can't do this. We can't, and we don't hurt people this way. And if we break up with someone, we hurt. Narcissists don't care. They're on to the next thing. However, saying that, it doesn't mean they're going to leave you alone. If you continue to give them attention and reaction and emotion, they're going to continue to contact you because they're not going to give that up. It's free heroin. They're not going to give it up. So if you want a narcissist to go away, you have to stop giving them supply. Stop it completely. And, you know, what I'm saying is not opinion, it's fact. This is how narcissists function. I've been studying them for decades. I know who they are and what's really interesting about them. And because they are this false thing, their behavior is extremely predictable. 
But when you're in the mix, when you're being abused by them, it feels as if it's so complicated. But they all do the same things. They all say the same things. So in my book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, there's a whole chapter on narc speak. They say the same things. Their responses are the same. It's a pathology. And for some reason, they all own the manual. And they play off this manual. The way they react. The things that they say. The things that they do. Are all in this so-called manual. There is no real manual, but you know what I'm saying. The narcissistic manual. Um, and there, you know, you would think there was one because they all do and say the same thing. When you step back from the narcissist or you work with somebody like me, a coach, or somebody that's um, expertise is in narcissistic abuse, um, we will give you the pattern so you can see it. We'll show you exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. So you can see it's a pattern and they don't deviate from their pattern. Now, they customize the details to each person, pattern, the way that they plan things out, the way that they gaslight, the way that they objectify, dehumanize. All the things that they do, they all do the same things. So if if you want to, um, if you don't already own my book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, I highly recommend that you get a copy of it. It's available on Amazon in paperback, um, ebook, and also audio. So if you don't like to read, or if you have, if you're not patient enough to read, you can listen to it. If you listen to the chapter or read the chapter on gaslighting. I talk about the many different kinds of gaslighting that narcissists use. And when you hear it or read it, you're going to go, oh, my God, that's what he said. That's what she said. She said that all the time. He always accused me of that. There are five different kinds of um, gaslighting. There's the withholding where they act confused and they pretend they don't understand. So you're hearing things like, you're not making any sense. How can I possibly remember that? You know I have a lot on my mind. Stop bothering me. I don't have answers for you. I have no idea what you want me to say. How would I know? I've already heard this. Then the second one is countering, where the abuser questions the memories and thoughts, of your memories and thoughts. And then they support this accusation with previous examples. They back it up. You never remember things correctly. You always exaggerate things. You have a very active imagination. Get your facts straight. You take everything wrong. Why are you always jumping to conclusions? I never said that. And then there's blocking and diverting where they're saying, um, we've already talked about this or you're always looking for trouble or picking fights. You always have to be right. You're always complaining about something. And I know as I'm saying these, you're going, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and there's more. There's more in the book. And then fourth, the fourth kind of um, 
gaslighting is called trivializing. When they make your thoughts unimportant, the things that you say are unimportant. You are unimportant. So you say something and they go, well, that's hardly important. Or you're just too sensitive. Or get your priorities straight. Um, Why do you let everything bother you? Stop analyzing everything. Let it go already. Um, And then the fifth one is forgetting and denial, where they deny things happen. And I know you've had this crazy-making tactic used on you because you know they said it, you know they did it, and they're denying it. So they'll say, I never did that, I never said that, that never happened. You talk about a place, I've never been there before. And meanwhile, you had a vacation there. I've never been there before. I never saw that. I never took that. I never moved that. You're confusing me with someone else. You are delusional. I never promised you that. There's nothing wrong with my memory. So I know that you have heard these expressions. And why would I know this if they weren't all the same? They are all the same. All the same. So um, I do encourage you to pick up a copy of Close Encounters of the Worst Kind. I think it will be very, very valuable to you. It's probably the most comprehensive book and most up-to-date research book on the market today. There's a lot of books out there. But my book is used by therapists because it helps them. They don't understand this. They're learning from me. So, um, and if you find that you're suffering from PTSD or complex PTSD and you want to get rid of these flashbacks and nightmares and memories that are haunting you, I can help you with that. It's so easy that you're going to wonder what I did. It's so easy. I'm just going to walk you through a way of integrating the left and right memory, left and right brain, so it can be dissolved. That's all. It's stuck there. It's, that's why you are suffering so much. It's stuck. And what you know intellectually is not what you feel emotionally. You don't know how. It's stuck. The right brain, the analytical brain, I mean, the left brain, the analytical brain, has no access to it. It has no access to that memory. So what I help you do is to integrate that, integrate the right and the left, bring it to the surface, and then we dissolve it. It's incredible, and it works beautifully. So um, if you find that you're interested in doing that, you can go to um, randyfine.com, go to expert services, and then go to neuro bilateral processing. Uh, And there, as I said earlier, you can make a discovery call with me. So it's free. You don't have to book anything. You make a book a discovery call with me. I'm going to send you a questionnaire so that I have some kind of idea of, um, of what your goals are. And then we'll meet and we'll talk about it. Well, it's been an hour. It's been wonderful talking to all of you. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And um, I'm here with a narcissistic abuse show every second Friday of every month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you want to, if you have a question and you are too uncomfortable to ask it on air, 
you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. Randy is R-A-N-D-I. Love your life at randyfine.com. You can ask me a question. I will answer it next month when I do the show. Um, also, not only am I an expert in narcissistic abuse, but I am a coach, and I coach people globally from here to the other side of, from here to Hong Kong, from here to Australia, I mean, everywhere, everywhere. So um, don't think that if you're far away, we can't meet, because we can. We'll do it on Zoom. But I also have a free consultation on there. So if you're not sure I'm right for you, or if you're not sure I can, I can help you, you schedule a free consultation with me. Just 25 minutes and we'll talk about it. It's all on my website, randyfine.com, under expert services. You can also go to randyfine.com, and there are, there's a wealth of knowledge on there. If you go to the blogs, there's a lot, a lot of information, a lot of blog posts, a lot of information that you will find interesting. And um, I hope to meet some of you. But if you just want to listen, that's perfectly fine with me. Just keep listening. Just keep listening and learning. Have a wonderful day. And may joy and serenity always be yours. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.